Welcome to the best that human can get. And tonight is a lady whose endeavors to help you become that mentally and physically better in a profound way. With a doctorate of pharmacy, she has worked in community pharmacy, hospital, and an insurance company. She is the creator and host of Mindful Empowerment, a broadcast on natural health and wellness. It is the ever beautiful and shining Dr. Mary Mansfield. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, James. Hey, you're most welcome. Uh, whereabouts in the world are you? Nowhere, because it's gone quiet. Oh, what's going on? Yep, she's gone. Is there a doctor in the house, James? Not anymore, no. Hmm, something you said? Maybe. Uh, could be. Uh, maybe it's the fact that I'm sitting here stark bollock naked covered in Marmite. That might be the reason. Could be. Uh, for you American listeners, Marmite is a yeast type black sort of molasses stuff that you put on toast. Um, for you Americans, toast is well done bread uh, that you would uh, where you put bread in a toaster and it would cook quickly. Uh, for you Americans, a toaster is what you put Pop-Tarts in. Yes. But anyway, no, it's not. Uh, I'm only joking. I'm not actually covered in uh, Marmite. I'm covered in coal dust. I was looking for the lost children of QAnon. Still can't find them. No. Oh, hang on. We may have some life returning. No, it isn't. Oh, okay. Well, um, what do I do to fill in the time? Uh, I could talk about the fact that when I was in the shops today, the I noticed that the bags that the supermarket that I frequent, in the bag there, they have uh, cereal, but it's the same packaging that they use for the cat biscuits. Don't want to mix those two up. No. Anything else worth noting? Looking really bad at the moment anyway not a thing i can do about that right now no anyway let's get on with it oh there's going to be life now here we go uh we'll run it in a take two huzzah all right then hello uh, right um, i've got a question for you here something for you to put your fine mind upon um, you have been chosen to present an award at the Doctor Doctor Awards 2020. Uh, it's the Lifetime Achievement category. And you've been given a list and you've got to pick the winner from the following list. I need to know who you're going to pick and why. And your candidates are Dr. Kildare, Dr. No, Dr. Zeus, Dr. Harold Shipman, Dr. Pepper or Dr. Mary Mansfield. Oh, well, considering I, I'm only recognized one of the names on that list, oh. I would have to ask if it's okay to vote for oneself. <laughs> All right, then. Cool. In the case, I would choose the latter. All right. Uh, Dr. Pepper, have you ever had a Dr. Pepper? Oh, yes. Yeah, as far as uh, the soda, yeah. but I do try to stay away from soda. Oh, okay. Well, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, yeah, no, we've got a Dr. Pepper in our, my local town, apparently. I've not met this doctor, but uh, is a real doctor. Uh, doctor Harold Shipman, he was a serial killer. He killed about 300 old people in the UK. Uh, so he probably wouldn't win that award, but uh, certainly he made a lot of um, effort. That's for sure. Right. Okay. So some questions then for uh, about uh, what you do. 
Now, I saw the phrase community pharmacist. Now, in my mind, here in the UK, we would probably think that's a drug dealer. What is a community pharmacy? Yeah, interesting. So here, the term community pharmacy is actually the the big retailers. There's about you know two of them, like you know Walgreens or or CVS, oh. and you know the kind of the national chains. But they're actually referred to as community pharmacy. Oh. Where I would think a community pharmacy should be your nice little you know mom and pop pharmacy at the corner. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, um, it's yeah, it's actually not how they use the term. So oh. It's just kind of your standard drugstore called <laughs> community pharmacy. Oh, okay. So you basically got to uh, listen to the stories of people whinging and whining and dishing out drugs to them. So yeah, just you know the little pharmacy area with all the drugs and then you get the long lines of people and the phone rings ringing and, yeah. you know, and, and one of the stores that, you know, they'd even say, you know, two pharmacy calls, three pharmacy calls. And then you get to hear the, you know, the recording. And then if you ask for more help, Oh no, we, we can't have any more help, but oh. you know, make sure you, you give more flu shots. So. Oh, okay. So what goes on behind those cameras? Cause I often, you just see a head sticking up above the counter and they're sort of, shaking stuff are they actually counting stuff or do they actually does they deliberately take longer than they really need to i mean sometimes sure you get you the little tray you know counting tray with a spatula um other stores have um you know a little machine that you you pour the drugs into and then it would count them um itself or you know the bigger pharmacies would have you know a more a larger robotic machine which you would then you know, fill it with the medication and then it would dispense it. It's the self conveyor belt would, you know, bring out the little vial. So <laughs> it yeah, sounds, it's interesting. It sounds in some ways a bit scary because I, judging by the course of a day, you'd have think, right, okay, I've drugged X amount of people. Does that sort of, at the end of the day, do you go home thinking, bugger me, there's a lot of problems or do you think, oh, they're all going to be happy and fine? I, I think in in the moment, it's just quick, I got to do this, do this, do this, because most of the pharmacies I've worked in have been pretty busy, not a lot of downtime. So mm. it's just focused on, you know, each prescription, got to make sure it's right. Or, you know, some will call the doctor to clarify this or that about. And, and then, yeah, in the end, it's, oh, okay, that's a lot of pills put out today and <laughs> hope we did them all right. <laughs> yeah. Which was the most... Um out of the places you've been, which area likes the most pharmaceuticals? Uh, which area, like of the, the country or? Yeah, wherever you've been, which um, sort of store had like a, a real good custom? Um, I I guess, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I, under, I just, like understand the question, but um, Depending, like if I was basically any of the big retail chains, those are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, from I've worked in some different states, and so so some of the laws would be a little bit different as far as the regulations, but kind of same overall procedure. So would like, uh, let's say if you're in Texas, would Texans be less likely to turn up at a pharmacy than a whole load of New Yorkers? Um. To. I think it like depending on the the clientele, like where the you know if you're in like a more to you know to do area or a country area, or, you know what it is you you do have like some differences in the you know medications and then just kind of the the way that people want to interact hmm. too with a pharmacist. 
Oh, okay. I didn't know whether, like, in Texas, they just go out on their ranch and they just, like, I don't know, just drink moonshine and uh, everything will be fine. Whereas in a city, they probably go, I'm going to go and go to the drugstore. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't worked in Texas, but that, that would have been interesting. I guess I missed that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right. Um, so, subject of pharmacy. Um, yeah, a pharmacist, a, a community pharmacist in the UK would be referred to as maybe someone who um, deals in stuff that's not quite legal. Um, do you get a lot of party invites as a result of what you do or what you know? Oh, no, not at all. Just a lot of jokes. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Radio. So you do a mindful empowerment podcast right now uh, where you're helping people. Is it both mentally and physically? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Focus okay. on cause in, in the pharmacy, you know, we we're just talking about handing out the pills. So it's pretty much just focused on physical, although, you know, people do come in with mental health issues too, hmm. but it's pretty much, you know, the answer at the pharmacy is to take a pill. So, right. yeah. So my show talk about like other, other things you can do as well, other options. What caused you to suddenly go from pharmacy to dishing out the drugs as a, to a point whereby actually you don't really need this or there's an alternative way of doing things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we're going right from, you know, college to the, the, community pharmacy, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was just, you know, very focused in that environment and then, you know, gradually realized that it just, just seems kind of more of a factory than really focused on true health mm. and didn't really feel like I was helping people the best I could because pretty much just take this pill, you know, when there could, there could be other things that might be better. So I just became more aware of that gradually yeah. and, um, like I mentioned the flu shots earlier too, you know, there was kind of a quota, like your store is supposed to give out this many a day. And that didn't really seem right to me. You know, I wanted to offer it. And if, if someone wanted it, you know, kind of if they wanted to make an informed choice to get one, that's one thing, but I didn't want to have to push them on people. So then that, you know, that didn't really feel right. I'm like, oh, okay, that doesn't quite make sense. You know, um, why we, you know, why is this company doing that or offering a free gift card? with it to <laughs> come get your flu shot. That is so, a bit weird. <laughs> so I just started kind of learning and doing some research on my own and um, kind of, and then and realized that I wanted to do something else that I felt like I was really helping um, people more than just, okay, take your pill and that's your only option. Yeah. Wow. So what options did you find when uh, investigating other than the option of flu shot and the usual chemical paraphernalia yeah well, i mean one basic thing is just looking at um, people's nutrition because that's that's something that wasn't really talked about a lot in, in pharmacy school it's just like kind of a classic one-liner of you know eat healthy or eat a well-balanced diet mm. but that's pretty much it and i think a lot of times people that's kind of all they would hear at their from their doctor too and rather than specifically um, what types of, of food to eat or or timing of meals, when to eat, fasting, stuff like that. So really getting at, at the nutrition, it's, I mean, it's going to have a big um, component really to kind of any disease or trying to maintain health. Yeah. And then um, I mean, there's other things like, um, you know, meditation or a massage can be used or different like energy healings um, or, I mean, possibly more like very like some things like therapy could could work to um, trying to get at the root cause of whatever the, the real problem is. Right. These are sort of the, 
you wouldn't hear this normally coming from a doctor though would you right yeah yeah most yeah. people go in and they get their prescription and then that's it yeah do you think there'll be a time when prescriptions will say go and talk to someone um i well, I guess I'm looking at, well, what would the business model be of that? I mean, they're not, <laughs> if I said the pharmaceutical company, I don't see them sponsoring that one. Right. Okay. But could you, is there a way, because I know at the end of the day, doctors do get funding or rewards for dishing out or recommending products. Is mm -hmm. there a way that the, I don't want to use the alternative markets because there seems to be a slight bit of a, a taintedness to the word using alternative medicines, but is there anything that the alternative people could do that would be like a referral or reward scheme for doctors to sort of tempt them to go that way? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, like giving out like, you know, flu shots or other things like that. They'll have, you know, monetary incentives or, yeah. you know, prescribing certain drugs. So I guess to really compete on that level, it would, they would have to be, you know, offering monetary and incentives but then that really goes against what you know the physicians are they're trying to do you know or what they say they're trying to do in their you know the oath that they take to be a physician yeah. if it's okay well i gotta you know buy this physician off so he can recommend my yeah. whatever my thing is maybe it's like if they just recommend uh supplementation or vitamins and minerals or vouchers like that and they just got rewarded because the if a customer's happy they're going to keep on buying the vitamins doctors sorted aren't they mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there we go it's a bit like Herbalife, but in a more doctor type way. Cool. So you got into this subject. How did you, um, was there an inspirational point in time where you just thought, I'm going to run with this as opposed to pharmacy? Um, when I started the podcasting, I, I was still working like as a, you know, a pharmacist. At that point, I was working for an insurance company. Oh, wow. So I was going to, you know, kind of do both simultaneously. And then um, I ended up getting let go like a month ago from my job. So now I'm just doing the, the podcasting. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what do you do in regards to insurance? Is that like, I know America is quite a, a big thing compared to what we see yeah. in the UK. Is that when people are become ill and then you've got to dish out and pay out for them to get treatment? Is that that sort of insurance you mean? Yes. Yeah. So one of the um, jobs that I had was in the prior authorization department. I don't know if you have prior authorizations there for medication. No, we just okay. go to the doctors and then we go pay a bill. Okay. <laughs> so, so here a lot of times people would go to the pharmacy yeah. and, you know, with a prescription and then they might get told, oh, this requires a prior authorization, oh. which means it's some kind of a high cost medication. Maybe it's more complex, requires extra monitoring, something like that. So then the doctor has to send in documentation to the insurance company to request the insurance company to pay for that medication at the pharmacy. Right. So I was on the insurance and reviewing the, the cases. So yeah. I'd have the documentation from the doctor, you know, that I'd look at and then the guidelines from the insurance company say, okay, if criteria X, Y, you know, and Z is met, then I would approve it. Wow. So I decided if I would approve or deny those cases. Got yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't the American pharmacy be cheaper if it didn't have all the people going through the insurance? Because that's one massive overhead, isn't it? It is. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, massive overhead things that aren't, aren't needed. Like in, yeah. insurance is, is one, of, one of them. Wow. Strange. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know enough about America or the way it works to comment. Um, I just know like when I was last there, 
there was a girl I knew and her father needed a heart transplant, but he wasn't insured. So he couldn't have one. So it's basically, he's just waiting to die, which in the UK, that wouldn't have occurred. So it was just a bit sort of like, that's a bit weird. But hey, it's the land of the free. So good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, you're I think doing. a few changes might be needed. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. <a> few. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it all starts with diet and health. And uh, most of the uh, community stores, as you refer to, probably don't help in that front with the uh, product lines that they sell. Yeah, not a lot. I mean, you might have you know some pharmacists who have a little more time and maybe they're able to mention some other things. But for the yeah. most part, in my experience, they're just behind the counter pretty busy and not interacting a whole lot with the patients. Wow. Did you hear that there was a recent... Um, I don't know who the source of the data is, but apparently there's enough antidepressants now in the water in many places in the United mm -hmm. States that actually people are becoming sedated by the fact that it's just so much antidepressants, it's actually in the water because it doesn't get removed when the water is treated. Yeah, yeah, that is, is a, an issue where, the, yeah, people are taking so much medication that yeah. actually now there's drugs in the water supply. Yeah, because I think the fish, it's they, they detected it in the fish. They've all got... They're on uh, lithium and various things. Mm -hmm. I wonder what a fish is yeah. like on lithium. Like. Yeah, scary stuff. So I presume you drink bottled water now, or filtered? Filtered, yeah. I yeah, I have filtered at home or yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. With All the right. bottled water, yeah. Sometimes, um, I guess there's the concern of the plastic. Well, especially if it's out in the in the sun. But I try yeah. to drink filtered water. But if you know bottled water is all you have, then that's okay. Oh, okay, cool. So um, mindful empowerment, what actually is mindful empowerment? So my, the, I came up with an, you know, the name of it, you know, mindful, I guess maybe it's a kind of a catchy trendy name, but I know that's what some people have said, but I just kind of came up with it because to me being mindful is to be more kind of present and more thoughtful and to be open to considering different things. So you know, mindful, just to, to thoughtfully, you know, consider different ideas, whether it's something you never heard of, even if it's something that might sound a little different, just to try to have an open mind. And then empowerment is because I, I, I see people, you know, not being empowered. They feel like, oh, I just have this one, I go into this doctor and they're recommending this treatment and this is what I have to do. And, mm. you know, they're not, they're not empowered because they're not, they're not really letting themselves have a informed choice. So mindful empowerment, kind of thoughtfully, you know, considering different options and then making the best choice for you, for your health. Cool. And um, what sort of subjects um, do you cover in mindful empowerment? Um, is it, well, I'll let you answer. Well, yeah. What sort of subjects would it cover? Yeah. Um, some are just um, more natural health and nutrition um, talking about like if I'm fasting or, um, maybe some different things on vitamins. Um, I had one lady talk about radionics, which is and kind of an alternative um, treatment where you can like, it, I'd never even heard of it, but no, you I can send, there's like, um, and you can't practice in the United States, like you can't practice it here. So I guess the lady was in, in um, Mexico, but she could like send it okay. to people yeah. in the United States. And um, like for her, she cured her um, thyroid that way. She used to take thyroid medication every day. 
and um, people use it for, I mean, a lot of different health conditions. Uh, somehow it can like in, integrates like in your DNA and it can like imprint. Um, anyway, so that was like one thing. Um, talk about um, like, you know, viruses and what like kind of like the root cause of diseases mm -hmm. and uh, um, different, you know, subjects such as that. Oh, um, I've got all American. I keep saying cool tonight. I don't know. Is that because I'm speaking to someone in Jacksonville? I don't know. <laughs> just, I keep saying it. Um, yeah. On, on, when you're saying about um, uh, like the viruses and such like, do you cover other things like um, food, um, when to eat it, when not to eat it? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, types of food to eat. Um, mm. I think a, lo a lot of people think they're eating health healthy, um, but they might not really be eating the most healthy. You know, even, you know, you know me, I learned things all the time and I thought for a while I was eating healthy and then I realized, oh, you know, growing up I always had like a bowl of cereal for breakfast and, you know, vitamins. And whatnot, I had some like Pop-Tarts and things. So then, <laughs> okay, and then I was, okay, so I knew, the, okay, Pop-Tarts, those aren't the healthiest, but, but um, still, um, Actually, because, you know, sugar is causes inflammation in the body and so many of diseases have to do with inflammation. So mm. when people are eating like refined carbohydrates like bread and pasta and rice um, or or drinking, you know, soda, things like that can all contribute to inflammation in the body. So, yeah, talk about um, food and as far as like, you know, when to eat it too, I always thought you have to have, you know, three meals and, oh, it's good to have a snack because you don't want to let your blood sugar drop too low. But actually letting your body have a break, having like that fasting interval, um, even if it's just like 12 hours, because for some people they might be, you know, at night you have whatever cake, glass of wine, and then up early in the morning eating some, and they might not even have that 12 hour period to kind of let your digestive system have a break oh, okay. and um, increase your metabolism and you'll ha um, end up having more energy and be healthier too. Which is more important then on the subject of fasting? Is it to eat it to bring how do i say this instead of having your last meal have that earlier or is the concern when you get up in the morning go longer without a meal first which is better it's it's really just the time well on, on one hand it's just the time interval okay. so it could be if you're someone who really wants to have you know breakfast then you can yeah just just adjust the evening meal um, and then on, but on the, on the other hand just in general it's not good to eat you know big meal right before bed you know, no? <laughs> you know <either>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, what's the best thing to eat before bed because i can't sleep if i'm hungry so if i eat like at say six and then i'm going to bed at 11 or midnight i know i'm going to be hungry so what should i eat then to sort of promote the idea of that i'm fasting but really i'm not and well i I think, I don't know, like a lot of times we feel hungry mm. and I'm not saying necessarily for you, but it can be more like psychological too. Like it's not like true because we can, because we can go quite a while actually without eating before we're like, you know, before we get truly getting that like, you know, um, deeper hunger state. Mm. So it, it can be like psychological as well, like that as soon as we kind of feel that first sign of hunger because we're used to as soon as we get that we're used to eating again so yeah. for me it was like realizing that I could do like kind of 
have that hunger, but then I didn't have to eat. I could just have a glass of water or something. And then time went on and then I was like, oh, I'm okay. It was more like psychological for me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can, can you do drinking? Like what about this glass of milk thing that people have before bed? Is that a useful thing or not? Do you reckon? Um, not. Okay. I, would, I would try, I mean, right before bed, uh, a glass of water or just some, you know, tea without anything oh, boring water <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough um yeah because i i have um i love sugar it's a constant battle for me you can tell by my appearance that i am riddled with sugar and i can't um i have a, a terrible ability to remain alert or awake during the course of a day by the time i get to one or two o'clock in the afternoon i'm buggered i've got to go to bed or i'm just a zombie for like three or four hours is that a food phenomena or is that something else what you find in the main with people um i find some of that can that time of day i i do hear hear that a lot too and it can be just if you know we get up and we're constantly you know you know going going doing all these things and we haven't really given our our mind a, a break then we kind of get that tiredness so um sometimes what i'll do it like instead of having like lunch is i'll i'll like meditate or i'll just do a little yoga and i and i actually feel refreshed from it and i actually feel um that I, I have more energy and um more clarity wow yes okay that's quite a few people tell me i should meditate but they go on about it oh do it in the morning you should do it when you wake up um, mm. like, but i'm already clear-headed when i wake up in the morning <laughs> so I don't need that. I don't feel it. Maybe that's an idea instead of have, trying to have a nap. Because the thing is, I feel tired. I go to bed, try and have a nap, and I'm just, I'm just awake. So it's a whole pointless exercise. So maybe I should meditate. Yes. Okay. We'll try. Mid, we'll try yeah, midday. Maybe like, you know, in the afternoon, I, I like to take, you know, just you know, like ten minutes, and then. Are you taking ten minutes now? I think you've gone again. Um... Yeah, I think Mary's gone to meditate because uh, I'm I'm talking to a blank screen. Should I meditate right now? Hmm. Yeah. Um. While uh, we try and re-establish contact, maybe it should be time for a commercial break. So here we go. Let's have a commercial break from my local sponsor. Bim babadim babadim bamboo, bim babadum babadim bamboo. Bring a guest, bring a guest. We need guests, we need guests. Father Penny needs guests, Father Penny needs guests. He needs guests, you are available. Yes, welcome back. Um, no Mary right now. Um, oh, here we go. Yes, the, uh, yes, the, the internet is winding up to full light speed ahead. Here we go. Does fasting have anything to do with the mind or does it help? Yes. Yeah. I think um, as far as even kind of making the decision to fast and, and realizing that we don't have to eat, you know, as often as we're classically, you know, told that we have to, that's yeah. I think part of that realization. And then also doing the fasting um, does help to give you, you know, more energy or more mental clarity 
Um, and cause then you don't have all that, you know, your body's energy isn't going to digest that food too. A lot of times, you know, after a meal you might feel tired. So it, it does do. also help your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause food knocks me out. If I have a meal, you can guarantee like half an hour later, I want to go to sleep again. I, I want to go to sleep most of the day anyway. I don't know. I even look like now, like I want to go to sleep. Um, it's just a, a thing I have. It's, it's a bit strange. Um, we still, I, yeah, same thing. Yeah. If I like, if, if I notice if I don't eat, you know, breakfast or lunch, yeah. I'll have more energy and my my mind will be clear. But if I'll have a meal, then I'll feel tired. Yeah, the, the only issue I have is I've done that. I get more energy, but then my mind's distracted by the hunger. So I'm like, uh, uh. Mm. so I'm more alert, but I've also got attention and I'm hungry. But I need to get out of the habit or routine of just eating straight away in the morning because I I've gotten back into that. Whereas a few months ago, I would go a couple of hours before eating. Uh, just have a coffee and then eat later. But now I've read that having a coffee first thing is bad for you and that you should have something to eat first before you have coffee. Well, how about do you drink, do you drink a glass of water first thing in the morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah, do that and then the coffee. Yeah, the Chinese do that a lot, don't they? They, uh, they like a big, no, two glasses of water, I think, uh, most Chinese people have before anything else in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's really good in the morning to just start hydrating. Yeah. What about beer? Is that all right? Well, you know what? Anything in moderation is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not as part of the fasting, of course. But. Yeah, because there's a weird thing about beer that the first drink is actually hydratory. And then after you go a bit beyond it, then it starts to dehydrate you. So it's a weird thing about beer because like many, it's, it's like a British thing after work, go and have a pint. Well, not anymore because most of our pubs are shut. Uh, I think you have it in America as well. People go to a bar after work. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, but I don't think if you're a desk jockey working at a desk, I don't think you need a drink really, do you? Unless it's a drink to escape and you need a harder drink like whiskey or vodka. Whereas a pint of beer is normally hard physical toil and then you have a beer and you feel ah, refreshed. I, I don't know. Um, but maybe a beer first thing in the morning might be a start. I don't know. Well, it might be the start of alcohol addiction. I might have to watch out and uh, watch this space, really. Um, okay. So you do the, uh, the mindful empowerment to help people. You've been inspired to help others. Uh, and also to remove them or push them away from the ideas or preachings of mainstream media. Without being rude, may I ask why bother? Because sometimes it feels like an uphill struggle against mainstream media. So what drives you on to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've thought about doing it um, for kind of a while. And, and then, you know, with all the nonsense going on in the world, <laughs> right? And hmm. I just kind of got to the point where I felt like, okay, I have to try to do something, you know, I don't know how much, you know, good it, you know, will do, or, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking, I'm not looking to, oh, try to go be popular, but, you know, I want to at least get, you know, my message out to some people and thought, well, I, I want to at least try and, you know, do what I can. Yeah. What, how do you monitor your success of it then? What would be your gauge? Like as you go forward on a week by week basis, how do you gauge that you're going in the right direction? Um, well, by like the number of, you know, like downloads to an episode or, okay. or subscribers, um, or, you know, if I have, I have someone, you know, 
you know, email me because they want advice on this or kind of the number of, you know, people I'm con in contact with. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. Um, another thing I noticed in your, what you uh, like to work on is helping people maximize their potential. Now, one thing I'm slightly stuck on is how does no one, how does someone know what their potential in the first place is before you can maximize it? How do you spot your potential? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a, you know, here's your amount or something you yeah. know, like that. But I think we all kind of inherently know that, you know, th you know, things like the, at least the human body has, you know, somewhat of a capacity to heal itself. Maybe some people might be more aware of that, you know, than others. And if we're, you know, giving it the right things, you know, proper nutrition and rest and, um, you know, more positive, mindful thinking, you know, things like, like that, you're just going to put yourself in a more, you know, elevated state to kind of attract more of what you want and, um, and to be happier and accomplish at least, you know, more things that you want to accomplish and really, you know, rather than necessarily go through life as kind of robotic, oh, and I'm going to do this today because I did it yesterday. Let's yeah. kind of be more mindfully aware of the choices we make and how we spend our time. So how does someone um, become more mindful? Does it take someone else to wake them or does something trigger them? How, how, how do you make people more mindful as it were? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just a process and it could, it might start some, you know, in a way in one person and another way in someone else. Um, but you know, one thing is, um, I mean, we mentioned meditation earlier. It doesn't have to be this big complex thing. It mm. can, you know, just be, or, you know, some people just take time to just, you know, turn off the TV and get away from social media and just, just stop and just, you know, think for five minutes or something, <laughs> you know, so, but I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, obvious, but I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy now because a lot of people don't even take time to do that. No. So it could be just a, you know, one, one step, or maybe just be more aware of um, what, you know, what things are better to eat than other things. So it could be, you know, in terms of just starting with the diet, it could be starting with exercise. It could be starting with just being, trying to be more, you know, present or aware of your thoughts or there's a, there's a lot of different things and, mm. and it's, you know, it could be overwhelming to try to, you know, do everything at once. So just, just, you know, pick one, one thing that's right for that person at that point in their life and start incorporating it. Yeah. Well, if, if I'm like surrounded by people who I think aren't mindful enough of themselves or for themselves, what should I do to poke them with a stick as it were to sort of egg them on? Are there any subtle things one can do to help others? Um, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to think of the, like, depending what the, um, the situation is, um, I mean, you know, when it, it, people yeah, are stuck in that routine of they do the work, they go home, they watch the telly, they have the meal, they have the wine, they go to bed, they go to work, and then that cycle, and then they get to the weekend, and they have lots more wine. Um, you can tell people, but they're like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. but how how do you make an inroad with it? Because I'm finding it a bit like with the, this year. It's like people are shouting into these big spaces on social media, but they're shouting to the same people. They're shouting to the people who are already on their side, as it were. So the effort of 
putting data and information out there to help others is only going to people who already know. But how do you get to the people who you really need to help, those who don't know? Yeah, and I think some people just aren't um, maybe at a point where they're open to it either. So it's like, you know, you might try with, with someone else and then if they're, if they're at a point where they're, you know, closed off to it, then it's kind of, you know, I kind of just like, all right, let it, let it go for now. Because if I, if I continue to kind of say, you know, the, the same thing again, it might almost kind of turn them off. Yeah. But I think things like, um, you know, depending what the topic is, like having like a relevant piece of information or data, like, oh, you know, did you know about this or, you know, whatever, you know, current things like, you know, CV-19 or, oh, did you know that this was actually the, you know, percent of people that, you know, died that didn't have another diagnosis code or just kind of, you know, thoughtful things like that. Or, hey, I learned, I used to, you know, use the fluoride toothpaste and then I, I, I learned that it has the hydrofluorosilic acid in it. So I switched to this other one and trying to do it like not in the judgmental way too, but just kind of just sh yeah. sharing it Got or to another thing too, is just like if people kind of want to argue and they have their other side, then sometimes it's best just to ask rather than just responding with, okay, here's, here's what I think just asking them like a kind of a thoughtful question about it and just see what they say. Yeah. Like, like, uh, the one that sort of vexes a lot of people is like, Oh, all right. Okay. Where did you read that? <laughs> so where did you get that piece of data from? Cause, um, I, I've not seen that anywhere. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. Going. I, there's a lot of uh, the appearance of secondhand data that's actually been made up that, and it just goes on and on and on. So it's, uh, it's quite a challenge out there at the moment, isn't it really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right. So, if let's just say, because I personally have no idea what my potential is. I don't sometimes have an inclination. Sometimes I don't. What is a clue about yourself or our behavior? Like, uh, I don't mean like physical potential. I mean, like as in a potential to do something or be something. Do you see in people and how do you see it? And what do you express to them to go? Um, have you had a look there? Cause you seem to have a potential for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I think it's certainly depending on like what someone's natural, like interests are and abilities. And then, mm. and, you know, what kind of things do you feel alive, you know, when you're doing or when, you know, when do you feel happy and like those, you know, those kind of things that are, I think, I think not everybody stops to really think about what, you know, when do I really feel happier when do i feel alive or what, what gives me energy and then yeah um so no no i, I get you on that because uh, it's i have some friends and they'll ask me oh like when were you last doing well and then i laugh i'm like I've, I've no idea i wasn't paying attention <laughs> it's like uh you know when did that start i don't know it's, it's, yeah um people maybe don't spend enough time just well i think there's plenty of people out there that are isolated and stuck with their own thoughts all day long. So there's that extreme. And then you've got the other extreme where people are surrounded by noise, but never actually have their own thought. Um, it seems we need a sort of a middle ground for people to find, don't we really? Like some just need to have a bit of time with themselves and others need to have a bit of time with other people. Mm -hmm. um, don't know how we would ever achieve all that, uh, but one step at a time. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, how do you overcome then? Give it, I, I don't know how far you go in this subject of mindfulness, but how do you overcome uh, or help people overcome the idea that maybe they've got no hope left? Because I personally see hope as being the last thing. And if you've lost all hope, I don't know what's after that. But how do you, how do you direct someone who, who may have lost hope? Yeah, I would like, I mean, like you're saying, hope is what get, you know, gets people going, you know, when you get out of bed in the morning, you know, what are you excited to do? What do you want to accomplish? And if, if people feel like they don't have hope, then, you know, then, you know, I see all the time in the pharmacy, people come in and um, I have anxiety, they're depressed, they're not happy. Yeah. And, and then it's kind of looking at, okay, well, what's like behind that, like what's going on? in their, you know, in their life. It could, maybe it's because of a relationship they have. Maybe it's because they feel like they're stuck in this job that there's no hope um, or, you know, maybe they, they're regretting a decision they made or, you know, what, you know, what is it really kind of, you mm. know, behind that and then kind of like, you know, working through that and maybe changing a relationship or could be changing a a job or changing and or it could be staying in the same one but change changing your perspective on it too wow that, that's a challenge though, isn't it to change someone's perspective yeah yeah crikey i don't know whether i could change my perspective maybe i can because i have i don't know I, I, I don't know but okay yes um so where do you see yourself i know it's the cliche question where do you see yourself in a year blah 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 but where do you see your audience in a year? I got, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting question, right? Because I think the obvious is, oh, I'm growing my audience and I'm doing, you know, more health consultations. And, you know, I think, I mean, that's kind of that, you know, obvious, but it's, um, I mean, like you said too, it's it's tough because some of the people you want to you are trying to reach, mm. you know, they're not, they might not be open to, you know, hearing about it, or they're they're just so in their routine, they're not going to stop to. Oh, I'm going to stop and listen to another view now, right? So, mm. um, it's kind of that, you know, figuring out how to um, do that balance of like you know contacting and and in reaching the people who don't yet know of another perspective. So aren't necessarily going to be seeking it out and figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Do you have, and obviously people have goals and you have your targets and your things you want to go, but what would in a year's time indicate to you that you've made a good impact? I mean, I don't really have a number. Like I don't have, okay, I have to hear from, yeah. you know, this many people that I, changed your life I maybe I don't know maybe I should try to come up with a better way to track it but I I, I don't really have that right now would you go on at the moment are you going by gut instinct tuition mm -hmm. yeah just just going uh, kind of taking it one step at a time and I just I felt like this was something that kind of I needed to do was to start this podcast and that and so I just did it and I'm just kind of seeing where it goes cool what other activities do you do to uh, change the direction of mankind, as it were? Um, that I, well, I guess, I don't know if this fits. Well, I mean, I do, I, I practice yoga, but that's more like, you know, per personal 
Mm. I'm not, you know, out there doing that to change the world, but it, it's something that's really helped me a lot. And I, I had a lot of really good yoga teachers. So it's more than just like going and stretching or working out, you know, they would always say something, you know, very thought provoking or, you know, uh, things to help people become more mindful, to help people become more aware of their, their thoughts. Um, I mean, so for me, you know, personally, that's something that really helps and I get a lot out of. Yeah. Is yoga a, I'm not going to use the word sport, is it an individual event or is it better as a group event? Um, I, I, I just practiced myself. At one time I was going to classes, which can be, you know, nice to, you know, go ha have an instructor help you, you know, but I mean, really you can do a lot just you, I mean, someone can just do it at home just fine too. There's a lot of things with yoga online to learn. What is yoga really? Because I've seen like every bookstore I go to, there's dozens of books. There's always in the markdown categories. There's always like these dozens of books. Yoga for mums, yoga for dads, yoga for people with no limbs, whatever it is. But what really is yoga? Yeah, well, it's funny. I got my first yoga. I was at like a bookstore and it was in the clearance section. There was like a <laughs> yoga book, and, like yeah. DVD. So I got it and then I started doing it. I was like, well, this is actually really great. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's moving, you're moving in these postures, but you're combining your breath with the movement. So it's really also kind of a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I like to kind of incorporate like intention setting with it. Like in my practice, like I'll kind of think of, okay, here's what an intention I want for today. And then you kind of go through the postures and I mean, you're building strength doing that, but then you, um, you, 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 your breath and the move and the movement, you know, are coordinated. So you're also getting like the meditative um, benefits out of it. What did you mean by intention settings? Did you say? Oh uh, yeah. Like, um, like some, like something I'll do in the morning is I like to kind of set an intention for the day, which is just like a thought, like, okay, today, you know, whatever it might be. Okay. I want to be more present or I want to be more, um, just aware of what my, you know, kind of that chatter, all the thoughts going on in your head, be more like kind of aware of my thinking or it might be, okay, today I want to do a better job of listening to other people and remember to, you know, um, listen before I start talking or, you know, just, you know, whatever it is, but just kind of have some kind of thought like that. I, I do that in the morning. I get you. I, now I've often done that before, but then I forget to do it. Um, any tricks of the trade there that if I've made an intention, how I can remember that intention for the rest of the day? Um, I, I don't know. No tricks really, I guess just to, you I mean, you know, you could write it down and put it somewhere, or you could have, you know, when you have in the afternoon, you know, take five minutes and, you know, whatever, you know, meditate and think about it again, or go for a little, you know, walk and think about it, or, you know, whatever works for you, but some way to kind of bring it, mm. you know, back up again in your mind. Do you think that yoga benefits you and thus does have an effect on the world? Because if you didn't do yoga, you'd probably be doing something that would maybe interbulate or annoy someone or cause a knock-on effect is yoga actually even though it appears to be a self thing is actually a wider thing yeah that's true i do think it changes the way you know people interact with other people yeah yeah, yeah. where would i start on that then 
is there like a particular technique? My my concern is that if I got into it or looked at it, there'd be like thousands of techniques and it's just like, bloody hell, where do you start with all this then? Um, or is it all pretty much the same? I mean, there's some differences, but if, you know, as far as like a basic yoga or beginner yoga, I think there's so many different things online. You know, mm. on YouTube, there's might just be like a 10 minute video or something so you don't have to commit like a whole hour to it yeah. and they might just you know go over some basic postures um but i kind of do my own thing too like even when i was taking classes you know if i was feeling a, you know a different pose i just kind of you know do whatever my i wanted to my body was feeling oh rebellious <laughs> 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 but of course if everyone else was doing their yoga they wouldn't have noticed would they Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's why, because, you know, even when I was in a class, you know, I was just, you know, on, on my mat in that space focused on what I was doing. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, um, you know looking around at other people. So. You, you've just reminded me of that, that weird thing of the mat. Um, <laughs> is that a standard, like, size mat? Is it a particular space that you have to remain in? Or is it, it just seems like, that I'm going to go do yoga and then they go off with the mat. I'm like, what's the mat for? Well, I mean, you don't have to have a mat, but... Uh. It might be, you know, depending on what kind of flooring you have, it, you know, could be a little hard on your knees or, or the, uh, the mat can be nice too, as far as like a non-slip surface. Right. You never see people going out with like a duvet or something like that. It has to be this <laughs> specific rubbery type mat that, because it, it folds out and doesn't roll up again. Is that correct? Because not like those camping mats, because they never stay out flat, do they? They always roll up again. I mean, you could roll, yeah, you could roll it up again, but... Uh, no, you know, not as, you know, tight probably as it first comes. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, there's something about the yoga mat, right? Like, you know, the yogis, all right, all right, take out my mat, set it down. And, you yeah. know, you hear people say, oh, yeah, I haven't been on my mat in a while. Or, oh, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, uh, maybe, maybe dogs do yoga as well and they feel better for being on their mat as opposed to on the <laughs> carpet. Yeah, maybe i get some mats. That's yeah. funny. Um, dog yoga mats. Yeah, do you think uh, you're, if, uh, like United Nations, they all get together, they all have their big powwows, do you think they should all have yoga before they start? Oh, um, I think that, well, I, th I think other countries need to stop taking orders from the United Nations, and I don't see them as the type of people to be rolling out their yoga mats, but that would certainly <laughs> make things interesting. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah. I just think what else, I don't know whether they'd have a meditation circle or a Pilates circle. Um, where did that word Pilates come from? I don't even, I can't even remember what the hell it is. What is Pilates? That oh, you know all these. Yeah, how about uh, bar? Do you know that one? Bar? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's bar? Oh, it's like a, a class where I just did it one time and there's, you know, a bar like, say, like in a, I guess like a ballet studio or something. Oh, but yeah, then you yeah. you do all these exercises. Ah, I get you. That kind of bar. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of an iron bar, not, not a drinking bar, but an iron bar. But now oh. I, I get what you mean now. Yes. Uh, where everyone's sort of doing, putting the leg up like 90 degrees up and then stretching away on it. Yeah, I remember it was pretty tough. I don't know. I didn't go back would, again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I certainly wouldn't go again. Uh, probably because <laughs> I would have uh, shattered my pelvis or something. If I'd done something like that. Um, so you've got like yoga, meditation, uh, what is Pilates? Because that word's come into my head and for some reason I cannot get an idea right now. Well, that one also is. involves a mat, but it's a different <laughs> mat than a yoga mat. Okay. It's actually <laughs> a little bit like thicker and shorter. Ah. 
And um, I think they have some other things too, like, uh, I don't Espresso know. Espresso machine. Some... <laughs> it been like uh, a ball or, I don't know. They have other things that like kind of go with it that you do. Ah. And it's, yeah, I guess, you know, different exercises on the mat. Yeah. Are there any uh, exercises on a round mat? Oh, um, I don't think so. No, because you'd get more in the gym then, wouldn't you, if you were all on round mats or hexagonal mats? But maybe that's not the idea. Wow. Okay. Um, so a man of myself, sugar addiction, rubbish sleeper, not very productive, hates stuff, hates life. Where would I start to fix it? Um, I would, I would just start with like one of those, one thing, like, so say, I mean, do you, so you're addicted to sugar, you say, um, is, is it okay? Well, you know, can you cut sugar out of like, you know, one of your, one of your meals or something like that, you know, rather than, okay, I'm never going to eat sugar again, you know, do a kind of an in moderation. It's not normally a meal thing. It's the, the in-betweenies, the biscuits, the cake. Um, I don't have sugary drinks at all. I don't have sugar in any of my drinks. Um, and I don't really eat chocolate bars and things. I just biscuits, cake, um, and yeah, cereal. Okay. Cereal. Um, yeah, that's it really. But I still think it's far too much. So I guess when you get, when you have like that, you know, craving that you want to eat sugar, do you ever try like, okay, I'm just going to have like, you know, a, a full glass of water and then see how I feel. No. Or have, you know, a glass of water and have, um, you know, a banana or something or, or do like some kind of a vegetable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounded really good. I really don't like any of my ideas, but um, um, I, was, <laughs> I was talking with Steve Fierro today and he, he, it sounded really good. He'll take these different you know, vegetables and blend them and put in a little ginger and lemon and yeah. make, you know, a drink out of it. I thought that sounds really awesome. So oh, it's okay. like, you know, if you kind of have that craving for the sugar, like, per, like purposely, sometimes just a glass of water can be like enough for people because then they they realize, okay, actually, I, maybe I wasn't hungry. I was actually thirsty, yeah. and then, but they think they're hungry. So then it's like, okay, I don't kind of cut down on the craving a little bit or, okay, I'm going to have a, a banana or I'm going to have, a, you know, something else. And then it kind of takes away that, that hunger. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that can work for some people. Yeah, I've, I occasionally have a, a banana. I like it in my porridge, or as you guys would call it, oatmeal. Uh, throw a banana in there with peanut butter or whatever. Um, but often when I buy like apples and things, I forget about them and they just go off. Sometimes it's weird, like an apple appears to be an inconvenience to eat it, <laughs> whereas a banana, I can eat that, that's fine. But more than one a day and I'll get, I'll get, yeah, that'll upset my stomach, so I can only have one a day really. Um I just, um, it's even though I know that it's all bad, um, I still don't stop. But I'm, I'm of the point of view, would it be better to replace the addiction with another addiction as a useful addiction? Is that something that one could do or find? Um, well, what, what about um, would you do fasting? Like rather than saying like, okay, I'm going to cut out um, you know, like cake or whatever, yeah. like, like still having it, but just like doing a longer time interval of not eating anything. Would you like be open to doing that? I'd be open. 
I don't know what the success rate would be, but I'd be open. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm trying to think, well, you said replace it with another addiction too. So thinking what would be something that would be. Extremely um, productive. <laughs> if I was addicted yeah. to work, that would be great. If I was addicted to that. Yeah. But I'm not. Um, I, yeah, I think, I mean, maybe try, you know, so there's other things you could try, you know, eating in, in, in like, kind of like say, Hey, I'm going to eat this instead. And then even though it, it wasn't, you know, doesn't get that sh sugar craving, then you, you get more of that. You don't have that hunger feeling. Yeah. And then too, with, with like cleanses, when people do them, like the first couple, like couple days could be hard as well. But then once they kind of get that sugar craving out of their system, then then they don't crave it as much too. So it can be, you know, a little bit challenging at, at first yeah. um, to kind of get over that hump. Are there any vitamins and minerals that you should take heavily that would, because I've seen that like where people have alcohol addiction or drug addiction that normally a heavy vitamin dosage actually pushes away the cold turkey feeling. I don't know whether that's true in regards to a sugar addiction. I don't know. I mean, in, in general, like if someone's doing like, you know, fasting or something, it's good to have like, you know, minerals and, mm. and vitamins, but I'm not sure. Like, as far as like specifically with the sugar addiction, I'm not sure specifically like a, a vitamin yeah. or that. Maybe vitamin C because that tastes sweet, doesn't it? I start eating vitamin C, <laughs> just chewing on it. But then yeah, I they make to... like chewable, like orange ones that like taste do, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Those gummy bears that you get, get vitamin, but they are, they tend to be quite expensive. But okay, fantastic. Um, where will people find you um, in this uh, modern internet world of uh, high speed communication? Yes, um, YouTube, at the oh. mind, channels Mindful Empowerment. Yeah. Or I'm on BitChute too, um, or on Facebook, um, Spotify, you know the apple podcasting all those ah, all cool. those. i've seen uh, a few of your videos uh you did about someone breathing yes yeah. which was uh, really quite interesting and uh but i keep forgetting to do it i think one of my issues is memory because i'm aware of so much data but then i just forget about it well you asked me about re replacing you know the one thing with another habit so you you could if you wanted to do the fasting you know instead of you know, having, you know, the breakfast or something, you take, you know, 15 minutes and, and do something like um, the yoga or meditation or like breathing exercises. And mm. then, you know, during that, that time you would normally eat. Now you're replacing it with a more positive habit. So there you go. Okay. All right then. Cool. Fantastic. I shall, uh, I'll give that a go. I've written it down. Now I've just got to remember to look at this page and all will be fine. <laughs> yes, I'm still going to have to keep remembering to do these things. Splendid. Well, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Um, is there anything else you would like to tell my audience? Is there any random facts or little tales to tell that you, you feel may be of use to those wandering lost middle-aged souls? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, James. No and. Problem. I mean, I don't think, um, you know, there's no kind of just miracle cure, you know, it comes down to a lot of, you know, different things that we talked about, you know, starting gradually having a better, you know, diet or in a small way, starting to incorporate, you know, mindfulness, things like that. Um, and, 
you know, I've seen different, you know, in my different jobs, I've seen, you know, people, you know, unhappy. I see, you know, people who, you know, take, you know, they take a lot of criticism from their, their boss and they're kind of like where their job is there, where they're getting all their, you know, value from and not feeling good about it. And then I see, you know, other people who just kind of more let th things roll off and say, hey, this is my job, but this isn't my, you know, value is a, is a person. I get my value as a person from something else. So then when something doesn't go well in the job or they get that criticism, it's like, oh, that's okay. I'm kind of letting it go. But mm. um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I uh, would love it if your audience would check out my channel, Mindful Empowerment, um, and contact me with any questions that they have. Yeah, super. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope they do. Yes. Well, doctor, are, are you still going to carry the title doctor as you are now not well, technically... You're, you're not pharmacy, but, but you're a doctor of some form. Yeah, I have a doctorate of pharmacy. Yeah. So, you know, my graduation, they, you know, they called me doctor. And so, you know, if, if people want to call me Mary, call me Mary. If you want to call me Dr. Mary, call me Dr. Mary. I think so, Dr. Mansfield is a great name. It has a bit of a prominence and power to it. I like it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you for being here tonight, Dr. Mansfield. And uh, have a splendid, uh, what is now the afternoon in America, and uh, a great week ahead. <laughs>